welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of Becoming Whole with Claire. How are you? I hope that you've had a great couple of weeks. Uh, I absolutely love hearing about people listening to the podcast. So if you have been listening to the podcast for a little while or you're listening to this episode, if you want to tag me on Instagram uh, underscore Claire Bradshaw underscore, then I would love love to hear what you think of the podcast or of this episode, if anything's inspiring you, and then I will repost that on my Instagram. It's great to have that engagement and know that people are listening and getting something out of these podcast episodes. Um, so this episode, I'm going to be talking about my experience on the 10-day Vipassana silent meditation retreat that I did in the Blue Mountains a number of weeks ago. Um, this was an incredible experience and I've had lots and lots of people asking me about, you know, what it was like or what it was like each day and, um, you know, how I feel now. Like, coming out of the um, experience. So I wanted to talk you through that. And I'm also going to intermingle my experience with also my learnings from um, teaching yoga, studying yoga, and also how this actually connects with um, the coaching that I do. So I wanted to kind of connect a number of the different dots, but also how actually this experience and the wisdom that comes out of this experience can really help all of us. And so I'm going to go through all of that. Let's start. So it was in March that I attended a 10-day silent meditation um, retreat, and it was in the Blue Mountains, so just outside of Sydney. And for me, I was really ready to take this on, both in my mind and also in my body. I've been wanting to do it for a number of years, but to be honest, I think that now was actually really the right time for me. Um, so over the last few years, like I've really slowed down my life a lot. Um, I used to have a life that was full, completely full. Every sort of hour within my calendar had something going on, whether it was a meeting at work or whether it was a deadline for something or social activities, appointments, you know, you know the score. Um, so I was constantly busy and I never allowed myself the time to contemplate or reflect or to fully appreciate my days. Um, and it was only until I began to prioritise being, so actually just being and being okay with just being, um, that I was able to actually start to kind of unwind myself from this quite frantic, busy person. And for me, it began with a trip around Latin America for 18 months. And that was what, oh, I think seven or eight years ago now. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to connect with myself and with what truly matters. And then over the past five years, I've really delved into self-discovery work following my yoga teacher training. And in that time, I 
started to uncover a bunch of limited beliefs that had been keeping me stuck on this kind of hamster wheel of busy. And I, as I uncovered all of this, I found or I realized that this busyness that I was doing I was a lot to do with my own feelings of self-worth and feeling valuable in the world and also what I felt was expected of me from society, um, uh, from friends, from family um, and that you know if I was to be, if I was to slow down this busyness and start to create space then there was an underlying fear that then I would be unworthy. I'd also feel maybe guilty as well. That was something else that was starting to come up. Um, and my nervous system was completely wound up. So to go from uh, being so busy and having kind of all those stress hormones ramping around the system to then starting to unwind, you know, it takes some time to do so. It's not something that just happens. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be in this kind of pattern of busyness and my ego really liked this as well. So my life looked pretty good on the outside and, um, you know, I was, I was addicted to that. I was addicted to this feeling of success and looking a certain way and having my life look a certain way. But actually inside, I was really not very happy. I was exhausted. I was fatigued. And um, I felt really, really unfulfilled. Um, but you see, I was also scared. I was scared to create the space because when I did have a little bit of time to myself, of course, the emotions that I'd not dealt with um, or the thoughts that I was trying to avoid would start to arise. And I didn't want to face them at the time. And, you know, I was playing this sort of dangerous game back then. Um, and it wasn't until I actually got physically sick that I was forced to listen. And intuitively, I knew I had to slow down. And unfortunately, I see this so much, um, you know, in the world right now with clients that I work on. It's only until our body starts to say something's out of balance, something's not right, that we really start to listen. Before then... We can be so addicted to this busyness and achievement and success and playing this game. You know, and I'm reflecting back on it. I'm so grateful that I did begin to listen and that actually I didn't get really, really ill because I actually intuitively felt that if I didn't address this and get to the root cause of what was going on, that I was at some point going to get very, very sick until... I was forced to take action. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about this, I suppose, from the other side, having done the work, having gone into dealing with some of the emotions, unraveling some of the pieces in the puzzle and such like. Um, I now feel more myself than I ha ever have. I feel more empowered in my life. I feel healthier, more balanced within um, than I've ever felt. Um, now, do I have it all worked out? Of course not. You know, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning. I'm still growing like all of us. But I feel like I'm growing from a really balanced place within, not from an imbalanced place within, which is kind of where I was before. And I really put this down to a combination of meditation, of journaling and creating space in my life. 
along with um, practices like yoga and taking really good care of myself, both with the thoughts that I have, dealing with my emotions in a really healthy way, i.e. not suppressing them, allowing them to be felt, um, but also in terms of you know putting quality food into my body, feeding myself with you know all of the colors of the rainbow of the fruits and vegetables, drinking lots of water, drinking things like green tea as well, so having the antioxidants being put into my body um, and taking time out, you know, relaxing my body and my mind. And I really, truly want this for more people. And I know that so many women today have a lot on their plate, probably more than they ever have in history. Because, of course, we want the career, but we also want maybe the family. We want to to do all of the things that bring us joy as well. And then we've got houses to look after. We've got, um, you know, pets to look after. And um, we're wanting to have fun with our friends as well. So we're trying to do so many things. And um, this can lead to kind of this hamster wheel of busy, of achieving and doing all the time. And, you know, as I mentioned before, there can be a lot of fears that pop up when we make empowered changes in our lives. We can have things like judgment of self, of others. We can doubt our decisions. We can feel guilty. We can feel feeling fearful of the unknown or uncertainty. Like I see this a lot with clients and I had this myself as well. And I still do at times. Um, but the difference is having a better relationship with it, not getting so involved in it. And, you know, as we start to let go of things like people pleasing, we start to set boundaries that are healthy for us and for other people. And then we slowly start to allow ourselves to shine in our true brilliance of who we truly are. It's an incredible feeling, but there's some stuff that we've got to deal with to kind of get to that place as well. And that's why, you know, having a supportive group or a coach can really help you along this path to living, you know, your true and authentic life that's aligned to yourself. So anyway, going back um, in time a little bit. So when I phoned my hubby just before heading into the center, I felt this kind of combination of excitement mixed with a little fear of the unknown, knowing that I'd be without all forms of technology for 10 days. In fact, I was without everything that provided any external identity. I had no wallet, I had no phone. We weren't allowed books, music, even writing materials. And for the nine days, we were absolutely silent. There was no talking, but there was also no eye contact, no physical contact at all. So we spent 10 hours per day in seated meditation. I shared a space with another girl. And from the first morning, we were awoken at 4 a.m. with a little bell that came past the room. And the meditation then began in the silence of the morning and then finished in the silence of the night at 9 p.m. In between, we had a few breaks for breakfast and lunch and a little bit of fruit for dinner at 5 p.m. We had a little bit of time during the day for mindful walking in nature. So there was a fair amount of time to contemplate, to feel and to connect to self and nature. But it really was not a comfortable experience. This definitely was not a luxury retreat, and I'd say that probably 
on the daily, my mind was going to places of, I don't think I can do this, or, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I had a bit of resistance to, of course, sitting down in meditation. It wasn't always comfortable. And um, sometimes it felt all too hard. And this is part of the practice is to just notice, to observe, but to continue on even when it gets hard. And so for the first few days of seated meditation, I felt physical pain from sitting still for so many hours. And for the, I think it was three days, I had a stabbing pain around my shoulder blade. And the teaching here is to just be with the pain. And I know that sounds almost a bit crazy. Why would you be on the pain? With the pain voluntarily. But there was a teaching in this. Of course, you know, the pain was going to pass. It it wasn't a permanent pain. And so the teaching here is not to react to the pain, but to just observe it with a calm mind. And of course, this is quite a challenge. You know, I realized at that moment what a comfortable life we really live in the Western world. If we feel any form of discomfort, we can very easily in our day to day lives pop a pill, move our body, avoid, put Netflix on, jump on social media, eat ice cream or go shopping. But there on the meditation cushion, you have to endure it. You have to sit with it without moving. And allow yourself to breathe through it. You see, but the mind doesn't like this very much. It wants to get you to move your body. It wants you to get up and leave the meditation. Mm, Different, you know, emotions then become um, apparent. Things like frustration, irritability, maybe a little bit of anger as well. But you see, this is the training to witness how the mind responds but not to judge it. So to notice what's going on with a layer of compassion for self self, and not to push it away, just allowing everything to exist as it is. And the key here is knowing that this too shall pass. And what I think is brilliant about this is that it really helps to build resilience off the meditation cushion and into daily life. So we're able to connect with a state of calm. So once we allow all of the emotions to pass and we realize that this is how it is, then the sense of calm and stillness begins to um, come through and helps us to deal with the frustrations and the disappointments that happen in our lives. Things like from, you know, off the meditation mat or off the yoga mat, we're then better able to deal with being cut off in traffic. So the bigger letdowns in life, like losses, that we'll all experience at some point. Knowing that things in life are always in flux, nothing stays the same. And this is a Buddhist teaching of the nature of impermanence. And it helps us to understand that this really is the only constant that we have in life, is is change. So if we look at it from a a natural perspective in the natural world, so the weather is always constantly changing, The seasons change, the moon changes, the day goes from morning to light. And then when we look at our bodies, they're also constantly in change. From a female perspective, we're going through our own cycle and the different feelings, sensations and emotions that we go through during our cycle. Our bodies are also changing in size and shape and we're aging every day. We're getting a little older. 
thing is, is that we can spend our lives resisting what is, resisting this natural change that's happening constantly. Or we can learn to accept and make peace with this. And the more we can let go of our attachments to how things should be in our eyes, this almost control that we all have, the more we can let go of the attachments and allow things to be as they are, the more we start to find the sense of settledness, a sense of calm and peace within. When we resist life, resist change, when we fight with our bodies, making them bad in some way, if we go to the gym for the purpose of flogging our bodies to get into that dress, or if we go to a yoga class, pulling and pushing and striving to get into that specific pose, making our body look a certain way, or if we stay in that job when it no longer serves us just for the money, we create stress and tension in the body and we create unhappiness in our minds. We essentially disconnect from the flow of life and from our true nature. And the key is to see this in our lives, to create a little space and know that there's nothing wrong. We are where we are, but we have the power to start to shift and make some changes so that we can bring our lives more into the flow of where we are. And what we can start to realise is that it's not the outside circumstances that cause our suffering, but it's our own resistance to what's happening around us. We create our own reality in every moment of every day. And if we can let go of trying to control everything, we will find that elusive peace within. And this is where yoga and meditation can be so supportive in our lives. Okay, back to the retreat. So during the first few days, the meditation technique was focused on the inhale and the exhale through the nostrils. And we were focusing on the sensation of the breath just above the upper lip. The purpose was to use the power of concentration to fill into a small area of the body, so a concentrated area of the body. So in this case, it was just above the upper lip. And then from day four, the meditation technique moved to a body scan. So we were focusing then on the crown of the head and then moving through the body exploring the sensations that we experienced and we would continue doing this body scan from head to toe over and over again and of course you know we were doing this for extended periods of time as well and as we continued to do this this brilliant amazing thing happened you know those pains that I mentioned that were stabbing me in my back and, you know, I had my hips were getting heavy and my ankles were hurting? All of that dropped away. Because what we started to do was through this mind training and through the breath and staying still, we came out of the conscious mind and into the subconscious mind that's connected with our bodily sensations and reactions. So for example, if you find yourself in the coffee shop at 10am every morning, or drinking a glass of wine or three every night, or driving the same route as you normally take, or maybe reaching for that bag of chips at 3pm, you're essentially playing out subconscious patterns 
whether it's a supportive action or not. And what became apparent during this meditation is that before we react, there's a sensation that happens in the body. It might be a pleasant sensation or it might be an unpleasant sensation. But our reactions, either physical or verbal, most likely are happening without our conscious control. That is until we're able to catch the sensation and then find the space between cause and effect. Between something happening in our lives, so someone saying something to us or something happening to us, and then our reaction to it. So for example, maybe you have a coping mechanism, an ex-boyfriend contacts you and you automatically reach for a glass of wine afterwards to help deal with it. What you're really doing is masking it and not allowing the emotion to be felt and move through the body. The emotion then gets suppressed and this response becomes your patterned coping mechanism for the next time you feel the same way. So maybe the next time is an argument with a friend or the next time is uh, an issue with a boss or um, issues in your relationships with your family. That then becomes almost your subconscious coping mechanism in dealing with that type of emotion. Let me give you an example of kind of how this played out in my life. So years ago when I was working in a job that was misaligned with my values um, and, you know, where I was also trying to kind of fit myself into this corporate environment of competition and comparison and playing the corporate games. Every night I found myself coming home to drink multiple glasses of wine and then at the weekends I'd either go partying to escape from dealing with certain emotions or I'd spend money buying more things to get my um, dopamine rush. I didn't know how to get out of this cycle, so I just kind of kept going with it. But it got worse when I felt constantly fatigued, got skin rashes, gut issues. I went to the doctors, they ran tests, but everything came back negative. It wasn't until I took my life back into my own hands, took responsibility for my health and my life, that all my symptoms then went away. I started to create more space. I discovered what supported me in life and then also what didn't. I effectively then began to consciously choose to look into my, con- my subconscious patterns, to delve into the suppressed emotions and deal and heal the pain. And really that's what you start to notice in this meditation technique. You start to notice the sensations that you like and the sensations that you don't like. And then as you notice those, you notice then your reaction to those things. And you start to sort of unravel some of the patterns that you've been playing out again and again and again in your life. Um, But it's all very well me talking about this and it's super interesting, but really it needs to be experienced. This is such an experiential thing that the words really can't give it justice. And also it's such a personal thing as well, because whilst we're all connected and we're all similar in terms of, you know, the the ways in which we deal with various things that happen in lives, we're all dealing with various fears, we're um, seeking pleasure and not pain in life and all these types of things. We've all had 
different experience in life, whether it's we've gone through some trauma, whether we've, um, you know, gone through a whole bunch of sadness in life, different challenges, whatever the stuff is. Um, so it really needs to be experienced. So if you don't currently have a meditation practice, and what I'm talking about is of interest um, to you, I would recommend beginning one. And something I would recommend is kind of like the first step would be to download an app like Headspace onto your phone and they offer a 10-day free um, daily meditation practice and they actually guide you through how to get started. Um, it's really, really, really good. It's something that I started with um, around sort of five, five and a half years ago um, and really got me on the journey. I wouldn't recommend doing something like a Vipassana if you haven't got a meditation practice or if you're not doing you know, regular yoga and that type of thing, because it is really intense to, to meditate for 10 hours a day, not having um, already built up a bit of a meditation practice can be quite full on. Um, the other thing that I would recommend would be to read a book um, called Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. I'm reading this book at the moment and it's really helping me to understand the experiences that I had, the physical experiences that I had in my body, but understand it more from a um, scientific perspective, not just from a kind of spiritual perspective or a felt experience. So I would recommend reading that book and you can actually download his meditations that take you through kind of what I'm talking about a little bit different but similar um, so I would um, recommend that as well the other thing that I wanted to talk about here is some of the other experiences that I had so as we're continuing to work on this body scan the more we start to come closer into the body closer into the body the more then we start to notice that Actually, we're not um, matter, physical matter. So whilst everything in life looks physical, hard, it looks like form, you know, a lot of people within the quantum physics um, world talk about how everything is energy, but it's hard for our eyes to really grasp that because everything looks solid and looks like matter. But this technique helps us to, again, have that experience of how our bodies are just made out of energy and everything is moving and vibrating. And so as I continued to practice this technique, it was, I think, the night of the fifth day, my whole body was almost like plugged into a wall socket I was vibrating my skin was vibrating my whole body was vibrating and I felt this real sense of I suppose electricity through my body and I didn't feel my arms my legs my hands my fingers my toes I didn't feel any of that all I felt was this sen sense of vibration through my body and then it was about day seven, day eight, when we did a meditation that then we started to go in and into our bodies, like not just on the skin, but further inwards, that then I had this feeling, this sense and this image of empty space within my body. 
It was black with swirling, whirling fields of energy. But again, it can sound quite crazy for me to experience, for me to explain this without um, you experiencing this. But what I can say is that we are so much more than these physical bodies. And to have that experience, that experiential feeling of how our bodies are just pure energy fields is pretty magical. So you may be thinking, well, great, thanks, I enjoyed that story. That sounds, you know, really interesting, but I'm not sure if I believe it or how can that even help me? Well, I've got some ideas for you. So when we start to sort of unravel ourselves and start to make the unconscious conscious, so we create space in our lives and then we slow things down and then we start to go inwards through practices like meditation through journaling, then we can start to bring the unconscious conscious we can start to see what those patterns are that are no longer supporting us. What are some of the emotions that maybe we've pushed down, you know? What is it that we really want for our lives? And how are our lives panning out now in alignment with that? Are they or are they not? And then we can start to work out, okay, what is it that I want for my life? And then we can start to make changes, supported changes, to help us, you know, get there. And this is why my coaching, in my coaching, I often ask my clients to start to listen to their bodies before they make decisions, before they set their goals and their intentions, and before having those difficult conversations in their relationships and their lives. You see, the more we connect to our bodies in yoga, tai chi, qigong, and create more space in our mind through things like meditation and journaling, and having the support of either a close friend, the accountability of a coach or a therapist to help us to stay on track, the more we're able to consciously create our lives from the inside out and not be repeating unconscious, unsupportive patterns. If you feel like you're ready to start to take this on and empower yourself in your life, then I would recommend getting started with some of these things. So what you can do to start really is to craft out some time in your calendar for stillness and for a mindful physical activity. And one of the things you can do is to create some time first thing in the morning, such a a beautiful time before the day gets started to fit in some of these things into your day. And then you know that you have ticked some things off for yourself that are going to be taking you in the direction you want to go that's good and healthy for your body and your mind before the rest of the world starts asking things of you. Um, and then doing something like a physical mindful activity and then start to get curious with yourself. Start to use journaling to ask yourself some questions and start to, you know, unravel some of the stories, maybe some of the patterns that have been running in your life. Um, and, you know, if you would like an accountability um, or a partner or a supportive coach who's been there and lives and breathes this, then 
I want to let you know that I also run free discovery calls. So if you want to book in with me, then I will leave a um, link to my booking calendar and you can do that and we can get started on um, taking you in this direction, you know. Um, I can promise you from the experiences that I've had, I feel like I've lived two different lives. I feel like I've lived this kind of existence living of kind of surviving and just getting through to a life now that I've consciously chosen. I've chosen the life that I'm living and often I pinch myself because I can't believe that I'm actually living that dream that I had. And I really want this for more people because I know how liberating it feels. So if you're interested, I would love to have a chat. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear if you have any questions, if you have any insights from this. Um, yeah, send me a message on Instagram or on my Facebook, or you can send me an email as well. I love hearing from you. This podcast is for you. And I love supporting you on your journey to becoming whole. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.